This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. More drama around the PC leadership race and Patrick Brown's bid to regain his old job. Early this morning, there was word that he was dropping out of the race because of attacks on his family and some actual threats. His campaign then issued a statement saying he is not, not opting out. Is that a definitive no? Since then, the Toronto Star is reporting that Hamilton police are investigating a nomination race where Brown allegedly ordered party officials to secure the outcome he was looking for. Anyway, that's the race where the nominated Brown-favored candidate, Ben Levitt, has called on a new contest to, quote, clear the air. All of this comes after the leak of what purports to be an internal poll, which shows that Brown is running neck and neck with frontrunner Christine Elliott. What to make of all of this and where does it go from here? I am here with Jeff Silverstein of the Sussex Strategy Group, and we have Mike Van Solen, who is a political strategist with Navigator Limited. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank Great you. to be here, Libby. Okay, so it's it's a Monday morning. Jeff, let's start with you. Um, what do you make of all of this? Well, I think every day there's a new revelation. There's a new story that emerges. It's a real kind of moving target. On the first point you made about uh, the rumors around Brown stepping out of the race, it's hard to imagine that he would ever consider doing that after what he's been through and deciding that this was something he was going to do, that this was the way he would clear his, his name and restore his reputation. On the uh, point about the, the poll, I mean, I'm skeptical of polls to begin with. So I think you need to take them with a big grain of salt. Um, as for the, the Hamilton police being called into the uh, Hamilton uh, riding, uh, that's significant, I think. I mean, there's a big cloud hanging over Patrick with respect to these nominations, and this is yet another cloud. And I think that when the police step in, they obviously feel that there's some merit to to investigating this. Mike? Yeah, so a bunch of things here. Um, as far as whether he will step aside, I guess we'll wait and see. I, I, I'm, I'm prepared to believe that either scenario is possible, that he would stick it out or that he might step aside. You know, what we know is that, you know, even on a good day, being in public life is a pretty tough grind. Uh, it's tough on, on not just the people, uh, the elected officials, but it's also tough on their families. So um, without even commenting on the, the veracity of everything that he has to deal with, uh, I can only imagine how tough it is for Patrick to to do this fight and what it must be like for his his family. And I understand his mother, uh, you know, if news reports are to be believed, has been uh, hospitalized as well just because of the stress of dealing with all this. So 
So for the, for those reasons, I can imagine there's a real burden on him and his family at this time as he tries to, you know, both clear his name and run for leader. That's a, a difficult job. So so we'll see. Uh, and, and I can't predict what might happen there. As far as the poll goes, I mean, uh, this this holds no weight for me. Uh, polls like this make astrologers uh, look good. Um, and... and uh, so we'll see. You know, the, 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 this is a, uh, this is a, a very difficult thing to get accurate research on because really what you're talking about is you need to be accurate. You need a, you need a poll of Ontario PC members, and that's a, that's pretty tough to get at. Um, and, and the Hamilton allegations are serious. I mean, this has already been uh, this is already a matter. Uh, I think that's been passed along to the federal government, um, the attorney general's office. There, um, the latest revelations from the Toronto Star are, you know, certainly put Brown right into the mix of of everything that seemed to be happening there. Uh, so those are serious pieces, and just another another front that uh, Patrick would have to sort of deal with in the days uh, ahead. So uh, a tall mountain for him to climb. Um, interesting. Uh, he was here last week, and he told me that he made the decision to enter the race uh, right after he was booted from caucus. And uh, I've talked to strategists who say basically he was seeing running for leader as his only way back in and i'm assuming that even if he if he makes a decent showing then it will be increasingly difficult for whoever wins assuming it's not him to say no you can't run is 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 that a you know is that a reasonable way of looking at it jeff well you know i <clears throat> find it a little bit hard to believe that he would have come to that decision that quickly because for the first week remember he really did go sort of undercover and uh, he was nowhere to be seen or, or to be heard and I think that he was understandably looking at his options and I think at that point and, and to this day he remains very focused on restoring his reputation and I think that he together with his his colleagues and those that are helping him decided that the best way he could restore his reputation was to actually throw his hat in the ring. Because if he were to win, that would be, of course, the vindication that he's looking for. The downside to that strategy is that if he doesn't win, uh, I think that his case um, and his efforts to restore his reputation are weakened because he doesn't have the public confidence uh, in, in, in what he's, he's attempting to do. Mike, do you agree with that? I mean, even if he doesn't win, if he does reasonably well... No, no, you know, I, I've, I've thought all along that it was very, it was a mistake. Uh, you know, he never sought my advice, but I always thought it was a mistake to try to run for leader and use that as a means of clearing his name. And it's hard to understand what came first. You know, the, you know, when, uh, when he was booted from caucus, uh, which just preceded by hours the news that he was coming in, you know, I sort of thought it was the other way around that, you know, there might have been, again, with no special insights, um, that, uh, here, but, I sort of felt it might have been the other way of some folks thinking uh, it was time to remove him with, from caucus with with rumors that he might be considering a run. But uh, so so it's going to be a bit of a you know he said he said uh, sort of debate as to what came first. But I really always felt the the best way to restore his reputation, which he is perfectly entitled to do, was more to stick to his knitting. You know, I think there was an opportunity for him maybe to try to hold on to his riding, uh, run as conservative. Uh, understand that there was um, 
uh, repair uh, repairs needed to his reputation. And I think you do that, uh, you know, more effectively by being being quiet, working working hard to uh, do the right things, uh, make amends with the people uh, out there, uh, and potentially, you know, deal with the allegations head on if you disagree with them. Um, but uh, what he's done by running for leader is he's opened up a whole bunch of other fronts that he now needs to defend, because of course he's running for a job that other people want. So it's no longer just about uh, talking, uh, repairing his own reputation. But he also has, you know, uh, some serious competitors in a race for a job who, politics being politics, are going to, uh, you know, look to, uh, uh, you know, look look to his efforts and, and and try to discredit them because they are they are looking, of course, to win uh, the leadership of the party themselves. Uh, let me just give out the numbers again because uh, you know, all through the last couple of weeks, our listeners have been very vocal and had a lot of opinions on this. So the lines uh, are open, and we want to hear from you about what you think about the latest twists and turns in this. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six. 744-740. I'm talking to Mike Van Solen, who is with Navigator Limited, and Jeff Silverstein from the Sussex Strategy Group. And uh, Jeff, um, where do you think the race is at? And, and what about all this attention on the Patrick Brown saga? Well, I think that just to add to what Mike was saying, Patrick must have known that by choosing to throw his hat into the ring that these these questions would linger, these attacks would carry on. And uh, and I don't know that that's an easy thing for him, for sure. But um, there was no question that they were going to do that and that they were going to continue to raise questions about the party and its lack of, of unity. So I think that that they're not going to stop. Uh, his story has become the story of this this leadership race, and it will be that way right to the end. Um, Mike, uh, what do you make of Caroline Mulroney coming out, criticizing her rivals and, and calling on Patrick Brown to get out of the race, while um, the other people seem to be, or at least the mainstream people, uh, Christine Elliott and Doug Ford, are, are sort of steering clear of that. There's probably a, a bunch that could be read into it. It seems to me that she has become a little scrappier in uh, recent days uh, in, in the ways that you've just uh, outlined. And that suggests to me someone who's looking to make up some ground, who's who probably hasn't felt she is, is connecting as much as she would like, and by um, getting a little more aggressive with her her colleagues in a race, which is you know meant to be a, a race among friends, because of course they're all PC members, and uh, um, and at the end of it will hopefully need to work together in government. Um, so it says to me that her campaign is is looking to you know uh, grow grow where it's at, and they feel they felt that a scrappier, more aggressive footing was needed to accomplish that. Uh, and it may well, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of sentiment out there that said, you know, why are we condoning having Patrick in the race? So I guess we'll find out how much uh, she was able to connect with PC members with that type of message. Uh, well, other leaders weren't weren't saying it. I think it was a sentiment that you know many had held, not everybody certainly. So uh, maybe uh, for her campaign's sake, 
that allows her to get a little more traction and a little bit more airtime uh, with the public in what's a very short and competitive race. I think she was trying to differentiate herself. I mean, the consensus of opinion was that she was slow out the gate, and I think that this is this is a, an attempt on her part to project some strength, which is one of the things that I think people were noting was missing. Uh, but I think what's more significant is what it tells you is that she doesn't have a lot of confidence, I don't believe, in getting many second votes. It's a preferred ballot, a ranked ballot. And by choosing to go after her opponents, which her her other opponents have chosen not to do, um, suggests to me that she isn't confident that she's going to get many of those second votes. Uh, Mike, have you decided who to back? I'm uh, I'm neutral in the race uh, for uh, various reasons. So um, uh, that you know, I've signed an oath of neutrality, and I try try to reflect that in, in the, some of my comments. But uh, so no, I haven't uh, chosen. And and. Jeff? Well, I, uh, of course, uh, worked with Rob Ford uh, on his second campaign and then with Doug and uh, have supported Doug and, and helped Doug. Okay. Uh, at, as of this right now, it appears that Christine Elliott is the front runner. Mike, do you think she can hang on to that? I think it's hard to know who is the front runner, um, but you know I, I understand why you would suggest that that's the appearance. Um, and I think, yeah, look, it's it's a tough it's a tough race to handicap or to predict of what's going to happen. I've tried to put my prognostication hat away uh, for that reason. She's a very competent uh, politician. She has a lot of experience. I expect we're going to see a real steady performance from him, her throughout the campaign. Um, and as Jeff alluded to, I think the big question becomes, how does the ranking start happening? Uh, how many people... You know where Christine's strength might be, if if I were to look ahead, is is in the in the ballots. Uh, you know how much does she have on the first round? But I think she, you know there's a good reason to believe she might have a lot be a lot of people's second choice if she's not their first choice. So I could see some real opportunity for her to move up and and do well in that uh, scenario. I think what will be crucial on the question of whether Patrick is in or not is, uh, of course, where his second votes go should he choose to stay in the race. Uh, I think that uh, he obviously has uh, support out there. It's a question of just how much he has. But uh, one has to believe that where his second votes go, should he not win, could very well determine who wins this. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Before we uh, get to the phones, uh, I've heard some people say that having a ranked ballot like this basically ensures that you elect your second choice and not your first choice. Mike, do you agree with that? There is some dynamic to that. I, I, I like the, for, for leadership, uh, you know, uh, without going back to the old days of delegated conventions and, and all the excitement that that brought. Uh, they I do were think fun, makes, come on. I know, I know, they were fun. But I, but I do think this is, is democratic, uh, and uh, it, it does allow, uh, and, it, and it may well be that folks, uh, you know, second choice ends up winning, but, uh, but I really think through the process, the PC members broadly get to, uh, 
uh, pick the person in a this consensus fashion that they think can best represent them. So I'm pretty supportive of the process. I also like the weighting, the way they do the ridings with 100 points with each riding. I think it really makes sure that people around the province have an opportunity to uh, have their votes heard. It's not a pure one-member, one-vote uh, race for that reason. Um, but So I think, uh, you know, I really think the system works well and, uh, and, and should produce a good good candidate who is broadly supported by the PC members come March 10th. And doesn't the weighting of the writings make it all the more difficult to prognosticate, or is there an algorithm for that or something, Jeff? I think it does. I think it's why you're seeing all these candidates racing across the province, trying to connect with with as many writings as possible. The support of MPs becomes crucial. Uh, some of the candidates have stronger support from Ottawa and MPs who no doubt will try to uh, rally their supporters to to vote for the candidate of their choice, but it does it does indeed make it much tougher to call. Okay, let's uh, take a couple of calls. We've got Mark in Mitchell. Hello, Mark. Hi, how you doing? Fine, how are you? Very good, and to your guest. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say about the Patrick Brown thing, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't think he's going to be the man to do it. I don't think Miss Elliott will. I don't think uh, Mr. Ford will, and uh, the other young lady that's running. Uh, I don't think uh, anybody in the Wynn government is, and anybody in the NDP. I think that this province, it's come to a disaster. we got to tear it down, start over again. It's going to hurt. And these people that are running for these jobs now, they're just not the answer, and it's the same old say. Uh, it's same old, same old thing. But it somebody's going to win. Beg your pardon? Somebody's going to win. I know, it's democracy, and uh, I just want to say, like, you know, I'm a taxpayer. I worked hard all my life. I'm not educated, but I worked in the mining industry. I do hard jobs. I pay my dues, big taxes, and it's the same old same. And uh, I just don't think with all this stuff going on, the media talking about it, nothing's going to change. You know, and Mark, I think... me, living in southwest Ontario, I don't want a leader that comes from the GTA. I don't think a voice for the rest of the province is heard on it. Well, Mark, I think what you're expressing is something that a lot of people feel. Obviously, people are feeling very, very cynical uh, about politicians and politics generally. And I think all of these candidates are trying to tap into exactly what you're saying. They're all in their own way trying to say, I'm the candidate that can uh, undo everything that's been done. I'm, I'm the candidate that, that recognizes that things need to be cleaned up. Um, and I think that uh, appealing to people in the north is something that I know that Patrick was trying to do um, quite quite aggressively. He spent a lot of time in, in northern Ontario, and, and I've spent quite a bit of time just professionally up there, and there is a feeling that people feel unrepresented, that uh, it's just way too GTA-focused. Yes. Okay, yes. Mark, thanks for that. Oh, have a nice day, folks. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. And. And uh, Jeff, I mean, Doug Ford is perceived as the Toronto candidate. Is that going to hurt him? No, I think it helps him. I think having some strength in Toronto can only help. The question will be, can he marshal that strength in the rest of the province? Mike? Yeah, I think uh, Doug Ford I find really interesting as a candidate in this election for the reason that there's all these people in northern Ontario, eastern Ontario, southwestern Ontario who've never had a chance to 
put their annex beside a Ford's name. And I think Doug's, uh, ver, uh, Doug's populism might play well. And so I'd be really curious to see where, uh, how he does, and particularly in those regions uh, where uh, for folks who've never been able to vote for Doug or his brother before. Uh, and I think what gets really interesting with uh, with a populist-like candidate like Doug is uh, with that ranked ballot that we just talked about, where, where does he place? You know, how many... We saw with the PC leadership, for example, where some, some uh, you know, I'll, I'll describe them as punchy candidates, had a lot of first ballot support, but struggled to kind of pick up as, as in the subsequent rounds. Now, there was 13 people in that in that race, so it was a little bit different dynamic. But I, th- I think Doug's a force. I think uh, I think that populism uh, and that brash uh, plain talk will appeal to folks like your your most recent caller, uh, who who just are generally a little bit cynical uh, about government and uh, the control of elites. So uh, I'm really interested to see uh, how Doug does and, and what PC members think of him. Okay, uh, we have a, a caller from Cape Breton, Michael. Uh, <laughs> do you? Uh, is it Schadenfreude when you're watching all of this? Uh, you know what? It's one of the most interesting and educational things I've ever witnessed in all my life, uh, especially being interested following political parties and everything. But one of the most dangerous things that's coming out loud and clear: what an attack on our democracy! What an attack on our democracy when the rank and file and the membership elect a leader and then allegations can dethrone them or a majority at a set-up convention can take down a national leader like they did with Tom O'Care out west and ended up in the chaos that's at now. They're like a feeding frenzy of sharks now, people in Ontario uh, on the inside of that conservative party that are looking for power, and they figure they're going to be the premier regardless of what, and they didn't want uh, Mr. Brown, so let's take him out. Along comes your media, and everybody does a gang-up job on him. I hope he sticks with it and just have faith in the soldiers that are out there that believe in democracy that he will come and go back to the top and clear any uh, uh, doubts about his character or anything by winning the leadership in Ontario and giving a lesson and putting faith back in us people that are very skeptical of the kind of democracy that's going on in the country right now. Okay. It's not very nice. Okay, Michael, thanks for that. Uh, <clears throat> we were just talking about people feeling cynical about politics. Mike, how is that? Does, is that... Uh, just a win-win for Doug Ford, or what? Well, well, I, I think so. I, I mean, I think in in part, uh, Doug picks up uh, that support for people who feel disenchanted. Um, I think there's other people who are offering a, a little bit more conventional ways to to make the party stronger. I don't tend to see uh, what has transpired over the last three, four weeks in such conspiratorial uh, terms. Um, I think it's been a pretty difficult uh, period for the party, and um, and I get it's been pretty dramatic with what's happened and uh, all the twists and turns that continue to uh, uh, play out in front of us. But uh, but and and so that so that sentiment that uh, Michael just expressed, I understand it, and I think I think there's a bunch of people who feel that way. But you know, my my view is that the, the explanations tend to be a little bit more boring than uh, than 
some of the terms with which they're drawn. And um, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we have three, four really strong, five really strong candidates, and they're going to prevent present a vision, and they're going to have to address these issues. They're going to have to talk to the base of the party about what they're going to do and what they're going to do to make sure that the their members the members get a, a voice. And uh, so I think it's a big theme for all of them to address. And I don't know anyone who has sort of the magic, uh, you know, magic bullet for this. Uh, but I think uh, people like Doug, who's spoken strongly about, you know, party elites, um, may find some resonance with uh, with folks. I think it would be the caller is touching on something that a lot of people have, have expressed, which is that it, it seemed patently unfair what happened to Patrick. Mm. Uh, but I think that when you, when you, you look at the bigger picture uh, and you kind of trace it back, it's clear that, that his party had lost confidence in him, that he was a compromised candidate. And they felt with four and a half months uh, to go before the election – that given the allegations that came out of sexual misconduct, that that was, that was the tipping point for them. So, yes, these are unusual days, and, and they cast a cloud over all kinds of things, uh, as the caller was alluding to. But uh, these things happened uh, for a reason, and Patrick Brown is indeed trying to, to, to reclaim uh, his position in the party and his reputation. But I think that, that you have to look back at, at why this all happened and understand that there were grave concerns in the party about uh, Patrick Brown continuing to lead the party. Okay. Um, we're, we're starting to run out of time on this. Uh, as a, a parting comment, Mike, what are the chances? Do you think that ultimately all this focused attention will be a good thing for the Conservatives? They still seem to be in the lead. Uh, can Kathleen Wynne come back or, or Andrea Horvath kind of capitalize it and make it through the middle? You know, I've said uh, even before this saga began to unfold that the election was going to matter. I still really, the general election is going to matter. And I still really do believe that. Um, no doubt, uh, you know, what's happening with the PCs is a, is a mixed blessing. You know, we have a lot of people paying attention to, to the race, uh, more people probably than ever before. And I've said, I've said before that I think whoever emerges on March 10th as the leader of the party will ultimately have more uh, recognition, name recognition, than Patrick would have, in a normal course of events, accomplished by that same time. Uh, but, of course, today we have David Livingston, the former uh, chief of staff mm-hmm. to Dalton McGuinty, getting sentenced, and nobody's talking about it. So uh, with with the opportunity of, of dominating the news media also comes some missed opportunities to, to shift the narrative in places that I'm sure PC members would like, which is on you know past uh, corruption of the Liberal government. So it's a mixed blessing, but a real opportunity for whoever emerges. And, you know, there is a real sentiment, a strong sentiment out there that I believe for change. And so we'll be about that next leader being able to capitalize on that and quickly shift gears to fighting uh, general election against a very uh, capable campaigner in Kathleen Wynne. And Andrea has a lot of experience as well with the NDP. So uh, not, not to, to, no one should take her lightly either. And Jeff, what would you like to leave us with? I don't really see it as a mixed blessing. I tend to think that this is this is really a silver lining for the PC party. I think Patrick Brown was having a hard time 
gaining some traction in the media, uh, and that was going to continue really until much closer to the election itself. And I think that all of this attention that's being paid to the party is in the end giving it a platform that it never would have had. So I think that provided that that appetite for change and change meaning getting rid of the current government is still there on June the 7th, which I imagine it will be, that I see this as a big, big plus for the PC party. Okay. Thanks so much for that. I'm sure that we will be talking about this many times before it is all over. Thank you, Jeff Silverstein and Mike Van Solen. Thank you. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be talking about the latest twists and turns into an, in another saga. And that is the prime minister's trip to India. Not a very successful trip. It was, uh, we'll have that when we come back from the break. Uh, before we go, numbers to call on that 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.